Hello, it's me. I just wanted to give you a little heads up before the episode that this movie, if you haven't seen it, deals pretty heavily with topics of rape, abuse, incest. So, you know, if you'd rather not hear us talk about that, then you might want to skip this episode. Um, I still think it's good. It's a good discussion. But yeah, this is by far uh, the heaviest episode so you know be aware of that in heaven everything is fine in heaven everything is fine in heaven everything is fine you've got Today's piano day, uh, so go ahead and... Happy piano day. So, <laughs> happy piano day. I did play the piano today, yeah. so... Oh, sick. And just big middle finger to Palm Sunday, so I'm on board. Yeah. Um, right. That's true. This piano day is oh the most God. significant thing happening today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who this Jesus guy is, but he better have played a piano. I like, do not care. Did he play the piano in Jesus Christ Superstar? No. I don't think I should have. Not in, not in the, not in the movie at least. Uh, and I, I feel like I, I think Judas might have been the only one who played like an instrument for a second. Oh my god! Mm. If you go to the Piano like Day website, there's, there's piano music starting playing. It's very ominous. Ooh. King Herod probably played the piano. His song had a lot. Oh of... yeah, <laughs> you could do something with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Why oh, does yeah, this the world is need pretty a piano sinister. Day? For many reasons. Mostly because it doesn't hurt to celebrate the piano, I agree. I mean, it doesn't hurt, but it, it's confusing. It does not hurt. <laughs> I don't like that it takes place on the 88th day of the year. That Uh-oh. feels like a dog whistle. <laughs> oh, because it's the number of keys on a piano. They're, they're reclaiming the number 88. It's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that number. No. Yikes. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Let's... Let's get into it. Chess, do you remember how to start this podcast? Oh, of course I don't. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say it though. I don't. Everyone knows. They know I don't remember. Yeah. Um, we know. We know the shtick. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to Lynchpin, your monthly podcast where we talk about David Lynch's work uh, chronologically and in a way that's very sensible and in depth, and we have a good time. Um, I'm your host Chaz, and I'm a turkey in the corn. Gobble gobble. Fuck. <laughs> I'm your host, Janos, and I'm one of the dumbest birds on, on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> There's really just one uh, funny line in this entire movie, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just difficult uh, finding a one. Uh, my name is Jan. I've been with Janos, Chaz, and Alec. Uh, the good <laughs> podcast is in the lodge and you can't get out. <laughs> Write it in your diary. Uh, I'm your host, Alec, and uh, I'm, I'm my mother's sister's girl. Uh-huh. Oh. I always forget that the beginning of this is pretty funny, actually. The beginning is yeah, the whole Chet Desmond. Yeah, we'll get that. So That's this week right. we uh, this week this month 
we watched Fire Walk With Me, the David Lynch movie from blah, 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 two, uh, 1992. Um, Classic is, If you don't know, it's a follow-on from Twin Peaks, the series that we talked about last time. Um, but when I say follow-on, it's like a sequel-prequel. Um, so. Yeah. If you don't know Twin Peaks or if you haven't seen that, don't don't jump into it. I think this well. is a great jumping in point. Can I just say, I think it really sets up the... <laughs> Sets up the world and the themes. Yeah. And the, can you? I. Hmm. I think you could. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, um, you, you could watch it. <laughs> you you have the ability to watch it separately, yeah, but it's made. Yeah, yeah, I remember like one of my like uh, university friends was like, oh, because because she was like she got into David Lynch through Eraserhead. And then she was like, uh, oh, I just watched Fire Walk with me. And I was like, oh, cool. Have you seen Twin Peaks? And she was like, no, uh, but uh, I plan to watch it. And hmm. then I said, oh, okay, but Fire Walk with me kind of spoils the big reveal yeah. of Twin Peaks. Or do you just know it now? I mean, it's fine to watch it knowing the reveal. I knew it. And then she was like, oh, I stopped before it got to that point. What? No. <laughs> huh. I mean, it's not subtle. I don't know. No, it's, it's just it's just a film about a rude town. Yeah, because yeah. like back when it happened, I was like, "Oh, sure, that's an interesting way to watch Twin Peaks, I guess." But mm. sure. But now that I watched it, it's made pretty obvious, like prettier, like halfway into the movie, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, Twin Twin Peaks Firewalk with me is. It's classed as a psychological horror, and it's about the last week of Laura Palmer's life before she is murdered. Um, although it starts with a fun interlude uh, about the murder of Teresa Banks being investigated by fun new friends Chester Desmond and Sam Stanley. Um, <laughs> both both fun well, new friends, yeah. Yeah, as well as like you know a bit with Dale, and we see David Bowie, and he's Philip Jeffries, and you know doppelgangers, etc. Are we going to do like a summary or should we just talk about it? Yeah, you can do a little summary, I think. Okay. I mean, I mean it's like, just, you know, the first 20 minutes something happens and then the rest is like pretty much like... Yeah. Just torture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, bit, yeah. as I mentioned, uh, Teresa Banks is murdered. Uh, you might remember her from Twin Peaks and she's investigated by Chester Desmond and Sam Stanley, who are FBI agents who have been sent to investigate. This was originally meant to be Carl uh, McLachlan as Dale Cooper investigating, but he was reluctant to do a lot of work on this movie um, after falling out with David Lynch when he abandoned season two of Twin Peaks. Um, and quite quite a lot of the actors in Twin Peaks did feel abandoned, which is why they like either had small roles or didn't reprise their roles. Um, but that's fine, because the only person who matters is, of course, Cheryl Lee, who's great in this and is the best. Um, so... Don't care about those other guys. James is in this, so I don't know what you're oh, talking James about. Oh, James is here as well, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, Bobby's here, it's fine. Um, yeah, so Donna they, is they here. Are, yeah, <laughs> Donna's here. They, they're investigating. Donna 2.0. <laughs> She's better, I think. She's a better actress. Yeah, um, I would agree. Yeah, so they're investigating this murder, and they're informed about what's going on after seeing a woman called Lil who is just, like, making faces and doing a little dance and has a blue rose on her lapel, which is all apparently a coded message. Um, they go and they meet some horrible uh, law enforcement agents or, you know, local local law enforcement. Um, it's basically, like, 
real world Twin Peaks. Like if if Twin Peaks mm. was real, this is what it would be like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like they go and the, all the police officers are fucking horrible and unhelpful and difficult, and they go to a cafe and there's like a grumpy woman there and there's no specials and the pie and the coffee is bad. Um, <laughs> You know, they go and they investigate and they find the letter T that's in her fingernails. And, um, but they're like, oh, her ring's missing. So, um, Desmond, Chat, he goes to like investigate the ring. And there's like a, a trailer that was there that no longer is there where the Chalfonts are staying, who are like the old woman and the boy from Twin Peaks, who are like lodge spirits, basically. Um, and then he reaches out to take the ring, which he sees in a paladin, and then he disappears. Harry uh, Dean Stanton is also there. Yeah, he's there. He's good. He owns the um, he's... Deer Meadows uh, trailer park. And he's good. It's good to see him. He's um, great. He's a lot, like, it's weird to say funny about this movie, but I think the first 20 minutes are kind of funny. Uh, yeah. And he's, like, he's a lot ruder or, like, funnier than I... than he is in a lot of... Like, we watched, like, Cool Hand Luke a while ago, and he was, like, a very nice polite man in that one or even in like paris texas he's just like this like in a lot of movies he's like this this guy who who is like like this this like all shucks guy like you know yeah he's always he tends to have sort of like a an affability to him all the time yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah and this one he's like a bit more rude like i i really enjoy Mm. that i think it's also interesting um with uh coffee as like synecdoche mm. for twin peaks because mm-hmm. it's like it's really bad at the diner and at the police station it he says like it was fresh three days ago and the secretary <laughs> yeah. laughs really yeah. annoyingly <laughs> yeah it but is, then it's like, it, like harry dean stanton says like this is the best coffee you're gonna find out here it's like this is the best twin peaks you're gonna find in this <laughs> section yeah yeah yeah, I guess um, it's also kind of a like mission statement to like if you if you came into this wanting to see the like fun Twin Peaks, it's like no, this isn't your mm, grandpa's yeah. Twin Peaks. This is yeah, this is <laughs> straight off the bat. Bleak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do really like everything. First thing we hmm? <laughs> we all just tried to say something that was horrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say it just the whole sort of world is immediately hostile to yeah. Chet and yeah. Sam. It's like a completely bizarro world, Twin Peaks. Yeah, and it, it's so different to Dale, and they're like very different to Dale mm. as well. Like Chester Desmond's yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, you know, his initials is CD, which is the opposite to DC, which is Dale. Oh, right. Oh, um, Didn't yeah. notice that. Um, I've done a lot of reading about Brilliant. this movie, um, <laughs> but he is like... Um, He's kind of an asshole, like how Dale is sort of like childishly mm, sort yeah. of kind to people. He's kind of a dick. Like he deliberately makes Sam spill coffee on himself by like yeah, asking yeah, him yeah. at the time. <laughs> he's um, a jackass. Chet <laughs> comes comes across as uh, as like as like the the hard boiled detective type, right? Like from mm. a, from a forties noir or something, like. The the I guess I guess more of the FBI agent you'd usually expect from a movie like the the one who is yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah. be a jerk or be like you know not yeah. not a fun guy I guess and then uh, mm. the, the other one what's what's Michael or what's his name Sam 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 is like played by Kiefer Sutherland and um, yeah disregarding the fact that Kiefer Sutherland is has 
later most been known for making Republican torture propaganda. Uh, <laughs> he's really funny in this one. Like he's really He's very charming. Yeah. He's so much better at doing doing this kind of like a helpless idiot type than like playing the action hero or whatever. Like he's he's so much more convincing in this role, so much more enjoyable in this in this role. There's there's yeah, like that he's... great moment where they're in that diner and there's that old lady and she's like they're asking her about like if she if she takes drugs and she's like I have never taken a drug and then he's like <laughs> caffeine is a drug nicotine is a drug he goes <laughs> full illegal. um actually yeah yeah he really does he just fully misreads the room every single time <laughs> yeah 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 they're like some people in the cafe are, are like making vague references and he's like should we interrogate them you know should we <laughs> yeah should yeah we ask? Um, he uh, did. No. He did. Uh, Gordon Cole tells us he did crack the Whitman case, so you know that's impressive. So no, mm. I'm impressed. Harsh on him. Yeah, I'm impressed Walt. with that. I do love the idea of sending coded FBI messages just by getting a weird lady to steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking rules. Good method. It's so good. That's yeah, easily one of my favorite bits because it c- comes completely out of left field. And it's like the opening lot. bit. Like it's it's pretty funny actually that like David Lynch is mm. the first character to ap- or the, like, the first actor to appear in this movie. Yeah. Because uh, it immediately starts with like Gordon uh, and then the uh, the lady scene and like the the woman who plays her is so good. She's like she makes mm. really good faces. Yeah, and she's on our cover art, so you know, pretty good. Yeah, of course, she deserves um, to be And this is there. the first. <laughs> this is the first <laughs> reference to Blue Rose cases as well. Yeah, um, mm. which we're not we're yeah, not like really you... informed what that means, but it's pretty you know it's pretty obvious that it's like yeah you know, supernatural ish. Yeah, I mean he yeah like it's the first bit where uh, Chester explains to. Sam what the code means and then Sam asks about the blue rose and then he's like I can tell you that <laughs> I can tell you what that yeah. means and and if you google uh if you google firewalk with me like of the frequently asked questions what does the blue rose mean blue rose oh, is right. gonna be like one of them and I'm like okay sure wow <laughs> normies Oh, we don't know exactly like why the, it's the a book. blue rose or whatever. But <laughs> what are you doing trying to interpret this bit of symbolism? Yeah, it's, yeah. Who cares? Like it, the fact that it means that blue rose main uh, blue rose case means supernatural case. That's like pretty obvious. And why it is exactly a blue rose? Like I don't want to know. I don't. I'm that not Mark matter. Frost. I <laughs> I don't need explanation for every single bit of lore in Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah, it's unnecessary to know any more about it. Than yeah. That. Mm. Mark Frost, yes. by the way, no involvement with this movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like you can really feel that watching it, hundred percent. I think it's so interesting, though, that even though he's not involved, it still carries on some of his like law stuff. Like, mm. obviously, David did he do, he did the script, right? Did he do the script? Yeah, it's it's written by him and Robert Engels, and uh, Robert Engels is mm. also a co-writer for yeah, like a ton of Twin Peaks episodes. So I guess like yeah. Robert Engels is kind of the Mark Frost stand-in in this. In this, like you know, the one who cares more about mm. the lore stuff. I mean, mm. we don't know that though. I think I do think that even though you know he's not like big into, it, I think David is willing to like carry some of that stuff. I think forward. so. I mean, there's a reason why he works with Mark Frost. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. yeah. I feel like David does does clearly sort of like it, but I feel yeah. like he likes it more for the use of like the visual language yeah, of it all like, rather rather than any sort of explicit um narrative point in, in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's really interesting like the way David Lynch works with uh with other collaborators because there's very few projects uh that he wrote and directed completely on his own. Like I think Eraser Head and that's it. Uh, yeah, I don't mm. know if he had a co-writer Mulholland Drive or uh, or uh, what's his last uh, movie? No, it's just Empire. Empire. I don't know if he had a co- he had co-writers on those, but like Lost Highway, he also They're wrote really... together with like um, someone else. Uh, forget his name. Who is also the guy who wrote um, the book on which Wild at Heart is based? Right, like mm. there. I, I think it helps if there is like some grounding to. Like uh, mm. the, the grounding in like more conventional writing or story stuff yeah. that David Lynch can then like yeah work on. So, um, the Empire didn't really have a script, which yeah. is why it's kind of uh-huh. all over the place. Um, oh wow, I'm excited to watch it. That's, that, yeah, yeah. that's one that I'm yeah 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 <laughs> have no no experience with. This it is, is mm, it's yeah. a <laughs> movie. It's a film. Nice. I love those. This is also edited by um, Mary Sweeney again, who, who's been working with him since Blue Velvet and will continue until, I think, like Mulholland Drive. Oh, um, nice. So I, th- I think she's very, she's very instrumental in like a lot of the sort of editing um, mm. stuff that he's known for, especially in this period. Um, I think she was like pretty involved. And she also worked on like the original Twin Peaks quite a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff with this. Like this is the first one... You know, because he's obviously, he likes to do films about, like, abuse and, like, sexual abuse, obviously. Um, But this is the first one where he's really sort of centralizing the narrative on, like, the victim as opposed to, like, Mm. a guy who's just, like, hanging around them. Um, Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. it does continue more like that into his later movies, which is, I don't know, I think it's really an an interesting turning point for, like, his film, Mm. I think. It does feel, it does feel 100%, like to me that this is the point where david lynch becomes david lynch like in a in a way like th- where yeah. that where the david lynch feel whatever it is like start becomes really focused in a way that like much as i loved wild at hearts there were like some you know wonky edits or whatever or um Mm. What was the movie before it? Blue Velvet, you know, that still had like some more conventional cinema stuff. And this is the point where I was like, yeah, every single bit of it, every single scene, feels extremely like David Lynch. Yeah, I think you're right. I, th- I, I think I was gonna, I was gonna say I thought Blue Velvet was the the, the one where I thought it was most Lynchy, but no, I think you're right. I think it, it, it's the tone is more consistent. Yeah. Sort of. Um. Yeah. The weirdness is present throughout the whole thing. Yeah. But in Blue Velvet, yeah. it sort of ends on a sort of optimistic, sort of like, sort of weird for David Lynch note. Yeah, both like Blue Velvet and Wild at Heart, I guess, right? Mm. And this, mm, yeah. I, yeah, this feels like this is where he <laughs> abandons that. Because I don't, mm. I haven't seen Straight Story. Uh, I guess that's like more of a conventional movie, but like both Lost Highway and uh, Mulholland Drive, like they, those movies don't have endings that are like conclusive or like give you closure mm. in any way. Yeah, I think it, uh, both uh, Wild at Heart and uh, Blue Velvet have a lot more to do with like 
balance of darkness and light. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there's very little light mm. in this. Yes. And I mean, there's there is a sort of. Uh, I guess we'll get to it. The ending is yeah. like kind of happy mm. in its own way. Yeah. The very ending. Yeah. yeah. Um, but maybe the light is the TV show, and that he's playing with that. Because, like, I mean, we didn't mention it, but, like, the very first thing we see is the TV getting smashed. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not very subtle. Like, <laughs> this is not the TV show. You know? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's so... talk a bit more about, like, the opening okay. bit, like, the first. Have you finished the summary? Well, I've just, I've done the summary up until the very big, the beginning bit where it swaps. You know, the rest of it, you know, Dale sees himself. He has a dream that he is, like, watching a CCTV camera and there's, like, two of him. So he then does that and keeps, like, looking out into the CCTV camera and walking into the room to check it. And eventually it sort of freezes and there is two of him. Like a sort of weird doppelganger situation. Hmm. And um, Philip Jeffries comes and he says some wild shit while there's like some psychedelic images play <laughs> and we say we see some like weird stuff and we see like the room above the convenience store where there's like the lodge spirits and they're all like mm. hanging out there's a formica table uh <laughs> the chalfonts are there and then he's sort of you know he's sort of having an episode and then he sort of vanishes and they're like oh was he ever here but they watch on the cctv camera and they're like oh he was here um so that's interesting <laughs> um, and then Dale's like, "Oh, I can. Rem- I think I can imagine who the next victim of the the person who killed Teresa Banks is going to be. I think she's a high school girl. I think she's blonde. I think she's alone, and I think she's like afraid." Um, and then it cuts to Laura Palmer, who we obviously yeah. know is Ed, the next victim. Albert says, uh, "Oh, great, Coop! You just <laughs> described every single high school girl." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Albert says there is only blonde girls. There is. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you know, pretty wide ranging, which I guess is kind of the point in many ways. You know, there's a lot of girls who are sort of similar to Laura Palmer. Yeah. Um, probably not with let's, everything. Let's talk though, about this so. bit first before we get to the summary of the rest of the movie, okay. I think. Uh, I, mm. I love David Bowie's American accent. <laughs> His southern accent, so yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he if he was going to be in the like the third season, he wanted them to like overdub this so that it like sounded better. He was really embarrassed about it. Um. <laughs> oh, David! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but no, I th- I think it's actually perfect. Like the the artificiality of like famous British person yeah. doing a yeah <laughs> very over the top southern accent southern American yeah, yeah, yeah. accent is like right, really right. adds to this character. He's, he says it's got nothing to do with Judy. Nothing to do with Judy. Hmm. Hmm. In fact we're not gonna okay. talk about Judy at all. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna leave her out. <laughs> gonna leave her yeah. out of it. <laughs> so have any of you uh Oh, Janish is having trouble. Fallen into the, oh, he Janish fell into the uh, black uh, lodge. Oh no! Oh, no. Um, no. The good Janish. Uh, uh, what was I saying? Oh, has anyone have any of you seen the missing pieces? No, I haven't. I've been intending. I to have not. I no. I also was intending to, but there's a bit more with Philip Jeffries. Mm. Um, 
doesn't add much more other than just seeing more of him and he yells some more and there's also <laughs> a longer uh convenience store scene mm. um those are the only two bits i've seen on youtube i think there's more side character stuff yeah missing pieces um, i had i had it sort of like about uh like the rest of twin peaks as this is all happening and it's a bit like zoomed out almost like the shots are longer and it's a bit more um it's less like close up and intense on like laura's life and sort of looking at the rest of the town and other stuff that's going on um from a more um depersonalized viewpoint i guess yeah it's uh, should we wait for Yanis to <laughs> to return uh, twin peaks Yanosh walk with me <laughs> I love the part when the man from another place says, Twin Peaks, walk with me, director David Lynch, 1992. I was like, damn, he's right though. <laughs> oh, there's so many good bits in this movie. Like, it is sad, but it is also, like, really interesting, I think. You know? I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bit with the I, I like thing, it. I'm like, whoa. God, yeah. Cool. Oh my god! That when she has the dream inside the painting, it feel, feels very um, like the back rooms, yeah. you know, that sort of SCP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like spooky sort of other place thing, I like that a lot. I disconnected. Jesus Christ! I forcibly well, hey. disconnected you, and Hello. that saved your life. <laughs> How is that for? Uh, I don't know. Mercy kill. What did I miss? The last, the last bit I heard was when Jen said, "Have anyone seen the missing pieces?" Yeah. Oh, well, uh, the, okay. the answer was Have no. You? No. <laughs> I did see. Um, I was at Roth Art Festival, um, and I went to see a guy who was raising money for an OCG charity. Um, and he was doing like a concert where he was playing um the soundtrack from Twin Peaks on the piano. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> And he just like went on to this long thing where he talked about a scene and the missing pieces that like meant a lot to him and it was really nice. And then he played Laura Palmer's theme on the piano and started crying. It was amazing. Oh, nice. <laughs> that rule. I, I still don't know yeah. if like watching the missing pieces was worth it or not because I have also heard from like other people that it like completely ruins the movie basically. Like they, there's a reason why David Lynch took out those scenes. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is essentially just a collection of deleted scenes, isn't it? It's yeah, just yeah. The stuff yeah. They, did, they didn't put in the rest of the I content. thought it was interesting. Um, from I feel like there people. are like 12 cuts on Reddit of people editing the scenes in. Yeah. Oh, right. like, oh, no. One of the best things about Firewalk With Me is its pacing. Yeah. 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 So if you're going to mess with that, uh, don't. Mm. Yeah, it's probably worth just watching the missing scenes, but like not at the not the recut version because I feel like that could yeah. be mm. yeah more focused. Yeah, it's yeah. about Laura. It's about so anyway. Laura. What's is. what's Philip's deal? Yeah, what is Philip's, Philip's deal? Well, mm. I mean, I, I can tell you that I can tell you like the law if that's important. Sure, which I don't know. It um, isn't, it's but I basically... would like to. <laughs> He got like involved in a Blue Rose case and then went to one of the places where it's like connected to the Black Lodge, which there are a couple of different places and then like, you know, went a bit off the off the rail and maybe like got absorbed into it and then went missing and that's basically his his deal. So the point is that he's like 
he's been missing for ages because he's like, you know, maybe he's in the lodge or maybe he's connected to the lodge in some way now mm. and he can't escape. So it's sort of like a the same as Dale at the end of Twin Peaks in a lot of ways. Um, huh. Yeah, it seems like these blue rose cases, a lot of people just uh, up and disappear, yeah. huh? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, thanks, <laughs> Gordon. How did that one happen? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. It went to Mel's fine. Uh, he turned out fine. So <laughs> he it's not... fine. Oh, yeah. He, he loved it, yeah. Yeah. It's no big deal. His soul yeah, is just... definitely still completely intact. If, I just wonder mm-hmm. if if the movie had been like the original plan where it's like... Dale investigating the case of Teresa. Uh, would that like would would he still have paired him with Kiefer Sutherland, or would like Windermere had been there have been there, or what would have been there? It wouldn't have been Windermere because this is after Philadelphia. Yeah. Um. So he would have been. Uh, he's in the um mental institution by this point. Um. But yeah, I don't know who, I don't know what like the plan was if it was Dale. Like, I don't know if it would have been the same or what. When he takes would it the have ring, been, just, yeah, like the, the buddy goes, cop situation. goes missing, right? So he's just also gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'd lo- really like that quite a lot. I like that Chet, Chet Desmond touches the ring and then it doesn't cut to black. It doesn't immediately change from the scene, but it fades away. The, 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 the image of him just sort of fades well. into the screen and it's really yeah, sort of spooky. He never actually touches it. He like puts his hand out and then it fades. Like you never see oh, him right. touch mm. the ring. Um, which I, some people make a big deal out of. Yeah, I really like that that it's that it's Chet and uh, Kiefer Sutherland and not Dale. Honestly, like as much as I love Dale, yeah, it's this is a classic bit that happens a lot to me with David Lynch movies where I learn about what the original plan was and I'm mm-hmm. like. Huh, but the way it turned out is actually really fucking good. Like, I'm kind of glad that mm. uh, all these things happened. Like, same way, fucking Mulholland Drive, such a perfect movie, even though it was, like, originally supposed to be the pilot of a show, and then he just made up something to to end it. But, like, yeah. that's... That's how, that's how David Lynch makes movies, and it <laughs> does anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. just kind of decides okay this happens all right this is an integral piece of the plot now like uh and that's how we got bob when uh the camera guy was in the mirror you know it's just like all right you're the villain now cool it's like intuitive yeah rather than planned Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah and i would have you know if if milholland drive was about audrey i just don't think it would be i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it just wouldn't hit (laughs) Uh, no. <laughs> I would have liked to seen Audrey in this though. Yeah, I will say. yeah. I'm not sure yeah. how she would have fit. In. Of... I guess she wasn't a huge part of Laura's life, but her brother is mm. was. So. Yeah, yeah. And basically, like Josie the only... wasn't either, and she did stuff with Josie. The only characters we do get that return because, like, you know, shared like Harry and Andy and Lucy don't show up in this one like we only have mm. like laura and leland uh, james bobby mike is in it for one scene donna is a Shelley. recast actor shelly is there yeah oh yeah shelly's in it yeah. really briefly yeah the only like, side characters on that we sp- <laughs> the only side characters we spend any time with are leo and shelly yeah <laughs> oh good thanks oh, <laughs> yeah, thank you my, favorite, my favorite we got we get a little bit of um harold the guy in the 
this yeah. Shutting guy. Harold has a scene. Oh, oh my God, I liked, yeah. I like seeing him again. Uh, fucking Jack Renault is here. Yeah, he's here quite substantially. Yeah. Uh, mm. They mention One-Eyed Jacks. They do mention One-Eyed Jacks, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, let's, let's get to let's, let's get into that. So let's get to Laura. It's the last of, this. of Laura Palmer's life. Um, she is not in a great place. Um, mm. It's Cheryl Lee talks about this, and she's like, "Yeah, I got like so deep into like Laura Palmer as a character. It was like really hard to like get out of that mindset." And Oof. I think she really, really she plays this like because she she was like a local Amdram person. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she only really got into Twin Peaks because she was just like convenient to have as like a local person who they could use as a dead body, and then she just became like you know, sort of the main character. And she just mm. she does such a good job. Like, it's a completely is, uncompromising, like complete amazing. performance. It's, it's yeah. unstoppable all the way through. Yeah, incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it always made me all... think. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. No, you can. No, no, no. You go. <laughs> I'm just doing plot. That was fine. Um, so <laughs> Laura, Laura is going to school with her friend Donna, who looks different to last time, but it's fine. Um, you know, she she has various scenes where she hangs out with Donna, and they talk about you know reality, and we get the impression that something is not good with Laura. You know, Donna's like, "Do you think in space, if you if you get shot out, you like would slow down, or you, you know just go faster and faster?" Yeah. <laughs> and Laura's like, well, I think you just keep going faster and faster and the angels would abandon you. And it's like, okay, yeah. this doesn't seem nice. to have good implications. Um, we see her with James Hurley. She talks about turkeys. Um, he's the same, pretty much. I think yeah, he works better in this, but uh, I still hate to see him. Yeah, same. I think David knows yeah. what he's doing with him here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the first time he turned up, I saw his sort of confused, blank expression, and immediately thought of Janosch. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I'm so glad, so glad your favorite character has made an, made an appearance." <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, this scene made me James phobic. I was <laughs> I was James neutral up to oh, this God. point, but when <laughs> no, when <laughs> Laura says. I'm gone, James, like a turkey in the corn. And James, with all the seriousness in the world, says, You're not a turkey, Laura. A turkey is one of the dumbest birds in the world. And then Laura says, Gobble, gobble. Gobble. Oh. Oh my god. It's it's something. Yeah. It's. uh, Uh, Yeah, we see. We see Bobby. He's here. Um. This is more like, uh, I guess, this this shows us more about the actual like Bobby and Laura relationship, which, as we know from the show, is pretty bad. Um, yeah. He's like into her. She, she, there's this just really great scene where he's like, "Laura, where were you? We're supposed to meet up." And then she's just like, "Bobby," and then she like immediately like <laughs> manipulates him into being fine with it. <laughs> and it's it's kind of fucked. Like it's wild. Um, Laura, the ultimate. So, a girl boss gatekeeper uh, gaslight. <laughs> gaslight. <laughs> Got it yeah. wrong. Oh well. Um, Laura, Laura goes home and she's reading her diary. She does some cocaine um, and she realizes that like there are pages missing. So she goes to see Harold Smith, who's the agoraphobic guy. And she's like, there are bits missing. There's this guy, Bob, who comes in through my window and rapes me. And he wants to be inside me. He wants my body. He wants to take me over. 
and then there's like a creepy scene where she like I don't know is like possessed or temporarily or like she does the sort of black lodge thing where her face is like all white and she's got the black lips and stuff mm. um and then she's like sort of creepy and she makes out with Harold and he, he doesn't like it and she runs away and is upset she sees uh, Mrs. Chalfont and the boy who looks like David Lynch, but is it's a different boy, and he's got a creepy mask. Um, he's very weird in this. I like it a lot. He rules. <laughs> the the mask um, is great. Yeah, it's really good. He's like, the, there's the man in your bed. There's a man in your bedroom, and he's like, you know, he's getting close to the hiding place. Um, and Laura, who's doing Meals and Wheels, immediately runs home after is she. Give, she's given the painting in this scene as well, right? She's given a creepy painting. I think yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which is like got a door in it, and it's like a room, um, and they're like, "This look will look good on your wall." <laughs> so she <laughs> takes it. Um, she runs home, and she runs into her room, and she sees Bob. Um, she runs away, and then when she's outside, she sees her dad leaving the house. Um, which is like you know, first indication about like what Leland is. Um, mm. In the evening, there's she, a horrible scene. She mm. realizes in that scene too, and that's yeah. like yeah, she does. Uh, like the scene with um, with Harold and the the that one there when she's in the bush and like just yeah. sobbing about that. Those are back to back. Is very. Uh, yeah, it's oh, it's, it's super rough. difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this movie is like I don't know, like this is definite. This is one of the best things David Lynch has ever done, and also the one that's like, oof. I I watched this like five years ago for the first time, and I'm I'd be glad not to rewatch it for the next five years because yeah, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, it's this is tough. the first time I've seen it since the first time as well. Yeah, yeah. I do think. I mean, we'll listen talk about it later, but I, I do think that a lot of this movie is like pushing back against this idea that Leland was just possessed by Bob and he was just doing it because of like evil possession spirit. And it is more like, you know, yeah, Leland this sucks is a real for, thing. Yeah. For many other um, reasons that aren't Bob. Mm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, like that evening, Leland is super weird at dinner about like her heart necklace and he like tells her to wash her hands and it it's super awful um god yeah just keeps coming god damn yeah and then she cries and then he feels bad about it but i hate him um she has a dream about uh the lodge um and she sees like you know the man from the other place the the small man and he's like says he's the arm and he sounds like this and he makes like a weird noise which we hear frequently in like electronic electric poles or like around uh electricity which is like a, a sort of weird whooping noise um and cooper's there and he's like don't take the ring and the guy who's the arm is like here's the ring and it's on like a pedestal and then we see annie <laughs> and annie's there and she's like uh the real cooper's in the lodge you need to write it in your diary um he can't leave and then the ring appears in her hand um and then disappears and this is like a green jade ring with the owl cave symbol Mm. Um, that we see that Teresa had before, and it's the one that um, Chad was trying to grab when he disappeared. Um, I'm never sure if this ring is evil or if, or like, if it's not. Um, yeah, I think the ring is a, a sort of bit of it that I don't fully 
grasp. But I have I have an opinion, but I'll talk about it at the end. I'm not sure if mm. it's real. Um, you know, it's an opinion. It's interpretation. Yeah, we can talk <laughs> um, about interpretations once we get yeah. through the yeah summary. Yeah, Laura is deciding to have um, you know she 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 wants drugs, and in order to get drugs, she needs money, and to do money, she basically turns tricks. Um, so she decides to go to a roadhouse to meet some men who will pay her, um, and then Donna follows her. Um, also, there's Jacques's also the, there. There's also the bit with the log lady when she's oh, out yeah, there. Yeah, now and, she's going in. Yeah, and she sees Julie Cruz the, perform. Mm. Yeah, the log lady is there, and she's like, um, "There's a fire. Once a fire like this starts, it won't stop. You know, and it, but the first things the tender boughs of innocence, and until everything's consumed, and there's no joy left, and Laura's." pretty sad about it as you would be i would, I would and be she, too <laughs> yeah and she goes in and she hears julie cruz sing and she she sort of cries for a, for a while um and it's really sad uh anyway she so she's like there and she's meeting these two guys and then donna's there and basically it's like a sort of game of chicken where Laura's like well I'm gonna have sex with these men for money and she like kisses them and she's like I don't know if you can handle that Donna and then Donna like kisses the other guy and, is, and she's like okay then Donna you can come <sighs> whatever um, this fucking sucks it's incredibly yeah, well they, done and really sucks to watch yeah. mm. they head to um, the epilepsy club um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> the music I'm... is really good it's um yeah, it's the, like the track, the track is by, incredible. Like David Lynch wrote this song in this bit. Oh wow, um, it's yeah, it's well. really good. Like it's the yeah. the the sound mixing on this one, the way you can like barely hear what anyone is saying. Like they had to subtitle mm. this entire thing uh, over yeah, over yeah, yeah. really loud music, and the way that the music like goes on forever. Like the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so a really good. long scene. Is like just this... the rhythm of that track is sort of hypnotic yeah, and repetitive, yeah. and it just sort mm-hmm. of like yeah, yeah, lulls you into it. Like this is this is the main thing uh, that that stuck in my mind after the first watching of this movie, like many years ago. Mm. Like that's the, th- this is like one of those. I think yeah. I feel like every David Lynch movie has like at least one scene where you're just like sitting there in awe and like mm-hmm. g- can't can't. Like really hypnotized at at how he does it, <laughs> and like this is this is a good candidate for that. Uh, even though mm. I, again the content really bad. <laughs> <laughs> the, yes, man, these yeah. these guys pretty evil. Pretty, Not good fun. guys. Love to go rough, pay yeah. teenagers to have mm. sex with me. Um. Yeah, they head to this club. It's in Canada. It's like a it's a small room with pink light, and it's very flashing. And there's music, and there's topless women, and they all drink beer. And one of the guys puts like some sort of drug in the beer, um, and they're all drinking it, and they're like swapping it around. Um, and then they're like, you know, do dancing. Um, Renette Pulowski's there, uh, and she's like, oh, hey, hey, Laura, I haven't seen you since when I jacks. And they have a conversation with Jacques where it's about Teresa Banks and how, like, they knew her, um, but she's gone missing and she was murdered, like, a year ago, and which, I guess, you know, pretty significant. Then they're, like, they're hanging out, um, everyone's getting sort of naked, and then Renette's like, oh, is that Donna? And Donna's, like, um, making out with a guy, and she's, like, partially naked, and she's also got Laura's jumper, or, like, cardigan, mm. and Laura runs over and, like, 
basically rescues her, like pulls the guy off her, but is also yelling at her to like not wear her stuff. Because like to her, you know, like wearing her stuff is like being like her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, taking on her. I think. Damage as she sees it. Yeah. yeah. This is a scene where I think it wouldn't have worked with Laura Flynn Boyle. Like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I don't think, yeah. don't think she could have, she could have done it. This this Donna isn't just like played by a different actress, but it gets a completely different vibe from her also. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. She feels younger a lot, I yeah. think, and a lot more like I don't know. No, no, no like shade to Laura Flynn Boyle. <laughs> um Full offense but... to Laura Flynn Boyle, but <laughs> <laughs> she's I don't know. She she's not like a convincing teenager yeah. a lot. Um no. whereas I think this actress, um Moira Kelly. Uh yeah, Moira Kelly. She she's a lot more convincing. She feels a lot more like a real teenager. And yeah, yeah. I sort yeah. of buy her relationship with Laura Moore as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I could not see Show Donna be best friends with Laura, at least the way Laura is portrayed in in this movie. Yeah, it would be a completely different dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I also want to say with the yeah. the pink room scene, like. The way it's paced and how like the tension sort of builds very yeah. slowly and it reaches its peak right when Cheryl Lee screams when she sees Donna. Mm. That yeah. is just like that's perfect to me. I love that shit. Yeah, absolutely. Like even though the content is horrifying and and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disturbing. It is. But... Yeah, it's pure it's pure cinema. It's yeah. just yeah, yeah. I think because the content is so disturbing it like yeah i don't know it it hits mm. this pitch yeah yeah i mean look like what you can portray on film or whatnot is like a different conversation or whatever but david lynch definitely like when he portrays abuse in in his movies uh there's or especially in this scene like it it really does get across the intended message i guess or the intended uh effect i was thinking he's trying almost i think he tries to be more visceral than yeah. tasteful which i think is what works yeah mm. i think trying yeah. to be like a little bit like you know oh you sort of understand what's going on but we're not going to like show too much of it so you don't have to think about it too much that wouldn't work in the same way that this does yeah that that, that thing that a lot of movies like, do you're yeah. in it you know, you're you're very present with it, which is like yeah, 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 yeah. It's so loud, right? Like literal, like phys- it's physically yeah. really loud. This scene, um, mm. and it's yeah, it just really gets across that that feeling of being like uh, not not to come back to the sound mixing again, but you you feel so lost in this scene, like so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can see yeah. it's like it's this. It's this sadness where she, like, you know, she doesn't want... She wants to, like, freak Donna out so that she'll stop, like, trying to pry into what she's doing. But she's also sort of put Donna in danger at the same time. And she knows that. And she's desperate to get Donna out of there. Yeah. For Donna to not be, like, like dragged into this world that Laura sort of needs but hates and doesn't want to be a part of. But also sort of is forced to be a part of. And, yeah, it's really... It's really, really well done, I think. Yeah, what do you think is Don, Donna trying to do here? Like, is she... I think she, like, she 
she loves Lauren. She doesn't want her to be there alone. Yeah. Almost. And she's like, well, if you're going to do it, I'll do it too. And I'll be there. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of how I took it. But I, I don't know. Because she also like knows that Donna doesn't want her to be there, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess she's like there out of solidarity, but like still like at the same time puts Laura in in an even worse spot than she would already have been from the beginning. So mm. it's this is this is so much like this is why I was throw, throwing shade at Laura Flimboy, because this is such a <laughs> rich friendship or such a complicated friendship mm. between them that is shown in this movie that gets across like so much faster than it did yeah, across yeah, yeah. two seasons in the show yeah you get a lot more from moira kelly yeah. as donna in this brief sort of you know two hour movie yeah. than you do from lara <laughs> from Boyle in the whole show essentially yeah <laughs> i think i think cheryl lee does this great thing as laura where like She's very vulnerable and she looks so upset, but she also manages to turn that upset into like this disdain um, that she's sort of, when she's like lashing out at people that she just does really well, mm. where she's like, when Donna's first trying to go with her and she's like drinking at like the mini bar in, the, in her parents' house and she's like, oh, it's nothing to do with you. The night's my time, that sort of stuff. Where it's like, she's trying to push Donna away and she does it with James and she does it, I think sometimes with, did you do it with Bobby? Maybe not. Um, but it, she, I don't know, she just does it, yeah, really well. Yeah. And it's, you can see how she's like, hurt, she's trying to hurt people in order to like keep them away from what she perceives as like her own evil and like the evil that like comes from her. Um, even though obviously it's not her fault. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, whenever I think about her performance in this, it, it really is like, I've done like a little bit of acting and it's just watching her in this is like, it's fascinating. There's so many layers to everything she's doing. It's it's there's a depth to this that you don't re- you don't really see in cinema a lot. It's really really incredible. It's very like th- th- this performance is very uh, direct. I feel like like there's no. Mm. It feels like there's no filter between her and the camera in in a way yeah. like, mm-hmm. like in a way that's very rare to see in movies. Like it, it feels mm. like. Most movies would want to, like, as as you said, Chaz, like, you know, tastefully pull away. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's completely uninhibited. Yeah. And this is just, like, she's just, like, fully out there. Um, it's, mm. I cannot believe she didn't win all the awards for this. Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> like, I, I think, think like... Comes... Oh, go on. I mean, that that's part of the editing, too, right? Of, like, yeah. there's yeah. not really a B-plot in her section. No. It's mm. it's all just her. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if there had been if there had been one like if there had been like if it had sometimes cut to a fucking Andy and Lucy or whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, that would have made it less rough to watch. Uh, but like that's not what David Lynch wants with this one. Like this is mm. supposed no. to be a fucking rough watch. Um, or even if yeah. the, the Teresa Banks stuff had been kind of cut yeah, between. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like a traditional mm. B plot, it wouldn't hold as much weight at all. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. The, just the other thing that I I was gonna mention is that I feel like I, I I'm pretty sure I remember when I like looked at the original response in this movie because just like we mentioned we mentioned every episode that this was booed at Cannes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I feel <laughs> like... Well, it was supposedly Budokan, apparently. Um, Robert, Robert Engel says that it didn't okay. actually get booed. Um, other people said it did, but it was nominated for the Palm Door. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so who knows? But it definitely had a negative initial response. Yeah. It wasn't actually booed. Yeah, and I think part of the... I remember seeing part of the um, negative reviews focusing on how Cheryl Lee's acting is too melodramatic, which is hmm. <laughs> such, a, such a misunderstanding. of. Yeah, I'm just looking at Wikipedia for initial reviews. Uh, Times critic Vincent Camby Conquer, it's not the worst movie ever made. It just seems to be. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 Oh, I well, did. I did actually read that Tarantino saw it and did not like it at all either. I think I got. A, uh, I got a quote that was bad. David Lynch disappeared so far up his own ass that I have no oh desire to see another Lynch movie. I wish which, he would um, die. <laughs> yeah, <a> that's <laughs> review from incredibly Variety. bad take. A review from Variety said Laura Palmer, after all the talk, is not a very interesting or compelling character. What? And long what? before the climax has become a tiresome teenager. What the fuck? Uh, what? what tiresome watching this girl going through this and being like wow she's so tiresome that's just such a <laughs> deranged response Jesus. <laughs> I mean if you're going into this expecting like uh, if uh, okay if you haven't seen Twin Peaks and even if you have mm. and you don't kind of know the structure of it it starts and you're like okay here's our protagonist Chet Desmond and like he does his thing <laughs> oh we found a ring I wonder what will happen next and you get to the end <laughs> And it's like, so are we gonna know what happened <laughs> to old Chester boy? Is he, uh, <laughs> is he okay? It, so, I don't know. Yeah, I, a, yeah. I remember yeah. one of the, because I looked at like negative uh, letterbox reviews also, and one of the hairstyle reviews was like, really mad that we don't know any of these characters i don't know who donna is i don't know who james is why does david lynch expect me to know these oh, characters yeah, who's james? <sighs> I mean, I don't know who james is a little bit a little bit valid a little <laughs> bit valid because it, it really doesn't establish much no you know. it doesn't but i i don't think it was meant for people who haven't seen twin peaks like yeah, I, I'm not gonna watch I mean, yeah, the, the, Star Trek the motion picture and be like, "Who the fuck is Kirk?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Who's this spot fair. guy? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Uh, what is this whole space travel thing? What the hell? <laughs> I mean, it's titled Twin Peaks Firewalk. Yeah. you have you have to assume that there's a you know a prior knowledge of the Twin Peaks canon. Yeah, yeah, that mm. is true. Anyway, so. Uh, continuing on, uh, they leave the pink room, they go home, there's like a comforting scene where Laura's like, Donna can't really remember much because of the alcohol and the drugs and stuff, mm. um, and Laura's like, just, I don't want you to be like me, I don't want you to wear my stuff. Leland comes home and is like, we're going to meet your mother, I hate to see him. Uh, Laura's driving with him, and then Philip Gerard, like, they're at a traffic lights and Philip Gerard appears and like drives up next to them and yells at them a lot. I can't really tell what he's saying here. Mm. Um, I, feel like, I feel like that's another bit of the audio mixing making it deliberately sort yeah. of yes. difficult to pass it. It's very good every time. Yeah. 
he's like I guess trying to warn Laura so he's like yelling at her a lot and Leland is like screaming and yelling and uh, Laura is screaming and yelling I think he's yelling at Um, Bob right he says I don't know the only part that I can really make out is the the first part he says you stole the corn Mm. so that's like okay yeah something about like it was in a can at the convenience store um but a lot of it is not uh legible yeah but that was my understanding of the scene i mean that would make sense um as this familiar um but anyway he yells for a while and it's a super fucked up scene and they're all like yelling um and then he eventually drives off and leland like panics and drives into the garage um they smell engine oil etc um Mm -hmm. and leland sort of flashes back to seeing teresa and he like asked Teresa to get some friends so he could have like you know like group sex with some women. Um, and then when he goes to meet up with them, one of them is Laura. Um, and so he ran away. And then I think it's implied because of like um, stuff they they said at the pink room that she found out that or she figured out that one of them was his daughter and was going to blackmail him. And then he kills her. Then we go forward. Laura, you know, it has like the electric sounds and stuff. Um, we have, we have a bit where, uh, she goes off with Bobby cause they're trying to get, they're trying to score some more cocaine. Um, Laura's super high and she's like laughing a lot. And then a guy comes to give them like a load of cocaine, but he pulls out a gun and then Bobby kills him. Um, and they're sort of like putting wood chips over the body and Laura's like sort of still laughing. Um, this might be a weird, a, this might be a weird take. I kind of like... Bobby and Laura's chemistry. Is that Yeah, it's like horrible, kinda, but like it's <laughs> I don't know. When she's like Well yeah, but like I don't know. When she's like laughing and he's like, shut up. I don't know. It's like a fun I don't know. It's a Yeah. It maybe it's I'm nice just in that scene. Later on she is like, I only he is like, You're only seeing me for the drugs, aren't you? And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think like in the context of the show, uh with that like Jacoby scene like mm. having that context it's maybe not a great relationship but yeah no just just based on this one scene yeah i get it i think okay i think yeah. that cheryl lee and dana ashbrook <laughs> yeah. the actors have good chemistry <laughs> yeah that's what i mean I the mean, characters it, i think it might have been bad is it as good it might as have been a nice relationship at the beginning maybe <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean, is it as good as Laura yeah. and James's relationship? Right? Like, well, maybe that's why yeah. I think that is <laughs> yeah. because just <laughs> they in have terms more of, chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's know. definitely true. Yeah. So uh, it goes. They go. At, uh, Laura's back at home, and then Bob comes in through a window and uh, starts to rape her. And she's like, "Who are you?" And then it's revealed to be Leland, and she like cries a lot. Um. Is this the scene as well? Is it before this where she has the dream about going through the I think it's this one. Doors. Yeah. Um, and then it's the next morning and she's like super I mean, yeah, she's super upset and she runs off. Um Wait, and which one do we have any? Was that before this? That was earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Earlier. Um Laura's like using a lot of cocaine. Um uh before before the rape scene we saw that Leland like basically drugs her mother with like milk mm. which she makes her drink and she sees the white horse mm. um laura and bobby have a scene where they're like 
kissing and then Bobby's like, you and you only date me for the blow. You don't actually really care about me. Um, but he's like, it's okay. James comes to pick her up while she's like putting on some, you know, clothes and uh, they sort of ride around on the motorcycle and they have a conversation where she's like, uh, the Laura you knew is gone. No one really knows me. Donna doesn't know me. You don't know me. She says that she loves him, but she runs off into the woods where she meets Renette, Jacques and Leo. Um, they have the scene in the cabin where it's kind of, it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> it's a bad scene. Bad scene. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That one. It's not we a good time. We know most of what happens in that from the show yeah. as well. Um, mm-hmm. Leland, so we don't actually see a lot about it, really. Leland follows her there and he beats Jacques unconscious, so Jacques knocked out. Uh, Leah runs away, leaving them tied up, uh, Laura and Renette, and then uh, Leland takes them to the train car, um, and then he's like, I thought you knew it was me, um, and he's sort of Bob, and he puts a mirror on the floor, and she looks into it, and then she's Bob, and she's, like, freaking out. Um, uh, then Mike appears, and he, like, there's, a, there's an angel, an angel appears and breaks Renette's bonds. She opens up the train car, and Mike, the one eyed man, throws the ring inside. Renette, like, sort of pulls out of the train car um and when laura puts the ring on it's like bob can't possess her anymore so he has to kill her instead so he kills her and wraps her in plastic and puts her in the lake and then we see leland slash bob sort of entering the the lodge through glastonbury grove and um mike and the one-armed man but mike mike and the arm are there and they're like uh, give me the Garmin Bosier pain and suffering. And then he sort of like puts blood on the floor and it's like absorbed into the room and we see sort of Leland like floating in the air. Um, and then we see Laura in the lodge and she's wearing her lodge outfit and she's next to Agent Cooper and then she sees the angel and she sort of laughs and there's like bright light and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> end movie, yeah. <laughs> Roll credits. Yeah. And everyone just breathes for a second. In the mm. end, I was Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. <laughs> Maybe Twin Peaks was the journey, you know? <laughs> no. No. Oh. Uh. Uh. Um, wow. Yeah. God damn. Uh, Remember how season of- two had like a big plot about who is uh, the dad of Lucy's child? <laughs> about- or rather, little Nicky is a little demon boy. Funny. Was and then fun. that ends with a cliffhanger, and then you go watch this, and it does resolve the cliffhanger. It does say Annie is here, and she says the good coop is in the black lodge. Mm. Yeah. So you got your answer. I don't know what everyone's says, complaining about. Yeah. She says the good coop is in the black lodge, and uh, Lucy's child is actually Andy's. <laughs> so don't worry about it. She does say that. <laughs> she says, you may be wondering about Donna's dad plotline. <laughs> <laughs> Did the restaurant critic ever, uh, oh, ever come no. back and review the diner? God. <gasps> hmm. What if Hank had been in this movie? <laughs> what if? Uh, Damn. Uh, I wish. Yeah. Uh, I, I do kind of wish Garland Briggs had been there. That would have been good. Yeah, I feel like there's a space for him. Yeah, in that. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I the, guess... um, the actual cast yeah. list. Ooh. Gone. The cast list has a list of 
uh, actors who were in the missing pieces cutscenes, but aren't in the actual final film. And mm. that is like Harry, uh, the Haywards, the Hurleys, uh-huh. Pete Martell, Jocelyn, Lucy, Andy, oh. Hawk, Jacoby, Garland, and Betty Briggs. So oh, like the whole like, gang, a lot of them. Oh. Yeah, that is wild that he was willing to cut out all of that. Like that's mm. he's an artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> It just wouldn't have it's worked. Like we need more Jacques Renault scenes. It just wouldn't have worked. <laughs> yeah. it, it's because, because, because really, like Laura is in. I think she's like in every scene, except like if it's like a yeah. Black Lodge thing or or something. But I, I think she really is in like every every scene after the time skip in this one, which is like it. It really makes it about her, like in a with a really sharp focus. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's really well done. Like it makes it. It really makes it for a rougher watch because uh, there's no fluff in it. But but, mm, but also, it's like, relentless. it's still two hours and 15 minutes. So no, I, I don't think I would have wanted to watch a three and a half hour movie. Uh, no. 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 I mean, it's pretty long, really. Yeah. It's like over two hours. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think it might be. I don't know if Dune was longer than this. I think it was. I think it was, this yeah. Is, this is two hours 14. Yeah. And I think June was like two and a half. Mm. And which one of those was mm. better paced? Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and you're talking about yeah, so, like every David Lynch movie has a scene that just leaves you totally awestruck. Yeah. And thinking like, yeah, when the when the fat man floats around. <laughs> and, uh... Okay, June is two minutes longer. Wow. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> you're oh, right. Wow. <laughs> That's that's insane. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, no, because I was like thinking if God. this is the longest like single movie that we've talked about uh, in this show so far. Mm. Apparently, Dune is longer. So there you have it. Wow. Yeah, it feels longer. This doesn't feel like a long no. movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe because like the first bit is so disconnected yeah, from the rest yeah. of it. Mm. But yeah, it 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 feels yeah. The pacing is is pretty. It's good. Yeah. Um, uh, God, what do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about themes? Oh, let's talk and, about uh, themes. I wonder what theories? are the themes of this I, I wonder movie? if there's I don't think themes there in is this any one. themes. It's about how uh, I can't even think of a funny joke. <laughs> and we've talked about we've talked about facts and we talked about characters. So I, I think it's fair that we talk yeah. about themes a little bit. I think theme, you know, abuse people. Mm. You know, people know you're in trouble. They won't help you. Really, you can't get help anywhere, and you're in this sort of awful situation. Mm. It definitely um, feels like a lot of um sort of predestination stuff, you know, like the doom sort of approaching yeah. you can see on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. And like it's been building for a while. Like this is mm. this is sort of the culmination of like a lot of different things. I said themes. I think it's I meant like, I think I meant interpretations and theories. Mm. Interpretations. <laughs> I think you know. I think it all, it's like it's you know, Bob. Bob wants to use. So my idea is that Bob wants to use Laura um, because Leland is like, I don't know, no longer interesting or not powerful enough mm-hmm. or whatever. And he knows that he would be able to get more pain and suffering if he was to possess Laura um, as a as a vassal. Um, and that's what he wants for, from her. But in the end, she chooses to die rather than let him use her to hurt others, I think. Um and the sort of the angel comes and I'm not sure where the angel comes from. I guess it's like 
her her inherent goodness maybe like the fact that she she doesn't want her she doesn't want to be used to her others and that's sort of like i don't know her like a, a rejection of evil maybe i'm not sure mm-hmm. that's how i see it yeah i th- i think this is my okay this is my take i guess that like the ring is sort of um it's like a connection to the to the black lodge or to the red room mm. and so by putting it on and then dying it sends her there yeah and then at the end with the lights flashing on her face i think that's supposed to represent like the tv show i think and she's watching the tv show and she's like oh i get it now this is this is why no i can see that i can i can read that does that make sense granted okay this is it is a uh, the, this is also the explic the explicit take of that four hour uh, Twin Peaks explained video. <laughs> oh which yeah, yeah. It's a little bit correct, but I'm not going to present it as uh, <laughs> as <laughs> smugly or as objectively yeah. as as that dude. Does. Yes, <laughs> I think that's I think that's valid. I just I'm not sure if he's. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm not sure if he's as interested in like a meta sort of narrative as he is in like a as a character narrative i don't know or or more overtly meta like that sort of um mm. i agree and i I think that's more in like that's more in the subtext than yeah 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 yeah. the actual text of it which is again that's how he presents it yeah um Mm. i do think the he is interested in in the meta stuff at least as a sort of commentary like we we alluded to this a few times about how this is like you know we said how it smashes the tv at the beginning as this isn't your Mm. this isn't the tv show right like it's and it also feels like the the way that it that it uh it shows shows the abuse right like that could be seen as also as a commentary on how uh you know most movies like or like the horror stuff uh it's like just used for shock value right but now you you have to actually watch how much she is suffering on this and we're not Mm going to pull away Mm -hmm. from it right like i do think there is like at least a bit of um genre commentary stuff there or like a media commentary aspect to it whether if whether it's like actual text or not i don't know but yeah do think he at least or and, and he will continue doing it in in like other movies like uh mm. I, I don't know if lost highway has it but like mulholland drive also definitely does it say a, t- mm. a ton mm-hmm. about like how movies are <laughs> so it's it's just the thing he's gonna continue exploring i guess if you're a filmmaker at one point you can't really refrain yourself from also saying things about film <laughs> Or television in this case, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. I guess I see it a lot as of him like recenterizing Laura yeah. in the narrative after she's yeah. basically cut from season two, more or less. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. After they find her killer, she sort of vanishes, and like her family vanishes. I mean, obviously, you can't like. I don't know what his thoughts are, but I think to David, that's the part that he was interested in. Yeah, it's very clear that he's bringing it back to the stuff that he wants to make about Twin Peaks, yeah. the stuff yeah. that really compelled him about the show. Yeah, he always says, yeah. like he always said in interviews about how he was 
like, like he was for for like decades after Twin Peaks ended, he was bitter about how the mm. uh, network made them reveal the killer prematurely. So mm. he, he, he did like want to make it more about Laura. And then of course, like as we get back to the return, right? Like that that show uh, focuses or like pulls much more from this movie than from most of the show. Mm. And that show mm. like brings back Laura as a central part of the mythology again or recenters it again. So yeah, it does seem to be like very important to him. Yeah, and and again, I think there was they were there was like pushback from the network about the fact that you know like Laura was the victim of incest by her father, mm-hmm. and she was this sort of abuse victim, and they didn't really want to dwell on that. Um, and and I and again, they did push in like the episode after that that it was oh you know it's easier to just imagine it was just like you know an evil spirit that came and yeah, did it yeah, yeah. yeah. things through a guy. Whereas Which seems like an out. It seems like an escape from, yeah, you know, whereas confronting. Whereas this is putting more of the blame on Leland. As it's, it's like, you know, Bob is there and he's a force, but, like, Leland's not, like, an innocent guy who didn't do anything and it was just... Yeah, Leland totally like, pays child prostitutes, like, in like, a scene. Yeah. <laughs> and even if he, like, like he, chickened... He, if he says, oh, I chickened out, it's just because it's his own daughter. But that doesn't mean he wasn't paying to have group sex with teenagers so it's bad enough on yeah, its own you know he he go. i mean he pays teresa because she looks like laura to him mm. and like that's explicit yeah um and yeah and he's super he's super like abusive all the way through like at the dinner yeah. and he gets super weird about like her boyfriends and like you know i i don't know if, if it's like bob is the metaphor of like abuse in this or if it is more like you know explicit evil, but like, or it is just Leland part of Leland. But like, I mean, Bob has been like yeah. Leland. Leland says in the show, right, that he invited Bob in when he was a child or when he was like. T- mm. So, at this point, Bob has like become part of him for sure, right? Mm, uh, yeah. But that doesn't like yeah. excuse his bad behavior, especially like the way. Bob can be seen as a metaphor for like for like the evil for the bad things. So yeah, I think like Leland and Bob are like kind of the same things. Thing I'm not yeah. sure there's a Leland without a Bob. I think. Mm. Well, I, I think that is an interesting lens to see it. Of like Bob is just. I'm sorry, but Bob is the just the evil men yeah. do like by like by wanting to become Laura and like make her evil instead of she puts the ring on and like that like forces her to die uh before she can become like truly evil even if mm-hmm. you know she's involved in all these these terrible things yeah um there's also uh did we talk about Renette Polanski uh begging the angel in that scene, mm. Mm. yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, what did she the say? Angel, she says something. She's like, like, "See me." Yeah, it's like the angel saves her, but like can't save Laura in that scene. Or well, I, I, maybe I don't. I guess it sort of, sort of saves Laura by letting Renette open the door, but like mm-hmm. it can't like save her, save her, mm. right? 
until the end. Yeah. Like, Laura's doom is predetermined. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, how do we... F- what are we supposed to think of, like, Teresa and Ronette? Like, the other victims, basically. Because we don't, we don't know as much about them as we know about Laura. Mm. Or we don't... They don't become such a, like, main central part of the entire mythology. Yeah, it's not like, yeah, yeah. you know, with Laura, we know about every single one of her relationships with anyone in, with everyone in Twin Peaks. But, like, the other, the other ones, like, Ronette and Teresa, they're, I don't know, is this, is it just that this is not a unique case that it happens to, like, a lot of these girls? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, there's a lot of, teens in this area i guess you know that it's like what albert says about like that's like a bunch of yeah uh, high school girls are similar to laura yeah you everyone know, is like... all of them are depressed and take drugs like that's <laughs> mm. yeah I mean, it's kind of what he yeah, says because when, of... when like when like she's not unique yeah yeah like when when yeah. coop describes laura he like specifically said sexually active uses drugs uh I think in terms of or is depressed like, or sad or whatever, and it's yeah. I think the difference might be because Laura kind of leads a uh, double life, but like I mean, more than double, right? Where you know she's this homecoming queen and she does all of these tutoring yeah. and Meals on Wheels and like has connections with everyone in town. Uh, and like under the surface, there's the the darkness of of the drugs and and all of her underreal dealings. Whereas like Teresa is a is a drifter, you know, and the the vibe of the awful is it Fargo? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It might be Fargo. Like the oh man, what if there was a a crossover? funny uh hot topic yeah. t-shirt between firewalk with me and <laughs> the coen brothers film yeah no but yeah <laughs> <laughs> just two things yeah i remember thinking actually about the Teresa bank stuff i thought it fit in with the whole sort of bizarro world twin peaks bit exactly. at the beginning that the subject of the investigation mm. there everyone knew laura but the way they described Teresa is like nobody knew her she was a drifter. Yeah. This is this is yeah. not anything like the previous mystery yeah. at all. Mm. Yeah. I think that is Other true. than that, it's, you know, the same perpetrator. Yeah. The thing that always strikes me about the Teresa stuff is the same that I don't I mean, maybe this isn't I don't know. It always strikes me as the same with like season three, which is that suddenly it looks more like modern, like it's actually taking place in like yes. mm. The, the time when it's made as yeah. opposed to the rest of the Twin Peaks which looks like it's set in like the sort of weird 60s, 70s, Yeah, like 90s sort of the 60s. <laughs> yeah. Like Teresa looks like, you know, she's got like the short hair and she mm. looks way more 90s than like everyone else yeah, does and the town sort of looks more 90s. Yeah. David likes like, to look at the dark weird. underbelly of, of um, uh, Americana and idyllic uh, American life. Mm. You can show the dark underbelly of of yeah. the of Fargo, but it's just it's all there's a it's a dark overbelly, so it's not much of a. <laughs> yeah, it's just dark. Yeah. <laughs> the whole belly is dark. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's spooky electric pylons that make weird noises at you. And electricity. Like, oh, what's that about? 
Yep. <laughs> and there's a monkey that says, Electricity. <laughs> also, Teresa's arm went dead, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, arm went dead. Yeah, her arm went dead. You know, she she came in and it, her entire arm was numb, um, which is why they take her to check for nerve damage. But I guess that's like to do with the, you know, like mm. when everyone's hands were shaking oh. at the end of season two. Yeah, the end two. of season two. Hmm. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> like the arm. Like the influence of the arm. Garmon Bosia. Garmon Bosia. Pain and sorrow. And I, I had a, I had yeah. a note about... um the Garmin Bosier that after Wait, discussing this now seems way, way too lighthearted to, to be talking about <laughs> the same podcast. But um, right at the very end when um, the arm eats the Garmin Bosier, you get a really close up shot of him sort of slurping off a spoon. Mm. And I thought, yeah. I thought it was very bizarre until I realized, obviously this is in reverse. Yeah, it's like they, they filmed it in reverse. So what's actually happening is this man is slowly spitting out oh corn onto a spoon. And I, I, I just thought that was worth, um, thinking about for a second yeah there's some like disturbingly gross uh shots mm, in this yeah, movie, yeah. for sure lots of shots like inside people's yeah, mouths as well, yeah, incredibly yeah. incredibly yeah. uncomfortable like you see people's tonsils yeah and that that feels very lynch that's like and I, I, yeah i feel like from now on that sort of visual intensity mm. is found a lot more yeah yeah i want to see someone's uvula that close yeah it's bad <laughs> It's that. It's also like you know. There's more shots of like large guys hanging out. Um, there's like a shot sometimes of like oh, a monkey's face. Monkey says yes. Judy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right at the end, yeah. there was like one monkey face that really freaked me out. Sometimes the subtitles attribute yeah. that line to Philip Jeffries, uh, but as far as I know, that's kind of arbitrary. So. Ah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's also like uh, I like I do like the bit where Leland and Bob are in the in the lodge and like Leland does that weird thing where he's like his body's like leaning forward oh, yeah, and like swings the... mm. over the floor. I don't know why that effect is just like really cool to me. <laughs> he does the smooth criminal. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Uh God, this movie. <laughs> yeah. I... God, yeah. Yeah, but it's I, I think it is interesting how it uh that how much it is a like necessary link between between the original and season three, like the mm. even in, yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in the way that was said that these seem more like real cops when when like Chet and um, and Sam are investigating at the beginning, they're just like super unhelpful. Like that, that really reminded me yeah. of like some of the return scenes that are not set in Twin Peaks. Mm. Yeah. I think there's a guy in the convenience store who's like the woodsman as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let me have a look. Pretty sure there's a guy. Because we get like a shot where they're like at the Fort Maker table. Yeah. And there's like a bunch <laughs> of fucked up dudes. <laughs> do we think do we think there's any relevance to the table being made of Formica? Is that I'm, was that mentioned, mentioned for a reason? <laughs> uh I think I think Mike yells at is one of I because now I'm thinking about it, I think he says something about it. Mike does when he's yelling at Leland across the. Mm. Um, he says something about. The, about There's the formica, a. So. In one shot mm. with the with the arm, and he says the formica table. There's a little hole in it. Maybe that's the ring. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Maybe. Uh, mm. Yeah. They're both green. Says green is his color. Yeah. Uh, oh, that'd be know. cool. Mm. Oh, this is getting pretty interesting. Interesting. Solving it. Solving it. <laughs> Got my head. Um, <laughs> Detective <laughs> caps on. Solving the show. <laughs> Come listen to our podcast where we solve <laughs> David Lynch movies. Yeah. <laughs> David Lynch, explain. <laughs> yeah. No, re- no, really. <laughs> no, really. No, really. Yeah. 100% this time. Uh, yeah, I really like the worst um, part of that video. Isn't that, isn't his interpretations, which are whatever, but like the way he declares them to be the absolute final yeah, truth yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. Like, I feel like it starts mm. with like a 30 minute prelude about how everyone talks about ambiguity with <laughs> david lynch and everyone wants to interpret yeah art, like you know they're not gonna ways, say, yeah. they're wrong there is a there is a correct you're not answer. Gonna spend two and a half years analyzing a show and conflating subtext with text what are you stupid come on <laughs> <laughs> it's also really funny how that video completely disregards like TV production uh, and like you know the actual but like he, he he says pretty much at the beginning he doesn't really know which parts of it were done by David Lynch and which parts by Mark Frost so I'm just gonna assume it was all David Lynch but also I don't like season two mm-hmm. uh, so I will disregard those parts <laughs> because David Lynch wasn't involved like that's yeah. that's not how it works you have to talk about the entire a thing. nice sort of selectivity yeah. there season one yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I was going to briefly say as well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here about, you know, as I said before, about the electricity and it sort of um, exchanges the owl stuff for like electricity mm. stuff, which continues on into like season three. Mm. Um, like there's less about like Bob is an owl and more about like, ooh, spooky electronic noises. Um, you're afraid now. It's the spooky electronics. <laughs> yeah. um, this is here to let you know you that know, you're scared now. Yeah, which, you know, we'll see more when like, you know, Coop comes out of a plug. Um, <laughs> in 25 years time God. Uh, in the extended I'm trying to find the quote um, in the uh, in the extended one one of the guys says something about like oh god like the chrome put something what does the guy mm. say I just watched it it's gone oh well Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ, I'm just looking at like some of mm. the contemporary reviews. Uh, oof. There's a there's a zero star review that says a two hour plus surrealistic bummer. It makes the audience feel as if it come down from a virulent drug. Like a disgusting misanthropic movie. That's not that's not a review, that's just a description. Like a movie can be a bummer mm. and still be good. <laughs> there's yeah. another one that says after an agonizing first half hour designed to empty the theater. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what? Okay. what does that even yeah, mean? Yeah, boring. <laughs> I think when I was watching it, I was trying, trying to imagine yeah. being a person who had seen the, the show as it aired, as it had broadcast, and how I would respond to seeing this film in the cinema, expecting it to be sort of a, yeah, a more conventional conclusion to the story. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I, I do sympathize with people who sort of we're expecting something else but at the same time you do need to be a little bit more flexible with what you you know you have to be open to new ideas being presented i think i've always loved it though when um artists 
deliberately, well, not even necessarily deliberately, but do something that really pisses off their like existing audience. I think that's really yeah. good. So I probably would have been like, hell yeah, if I saw it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I maybe, do, maybe not, but I, I do think it's like a thing of uh, of oh, you like. Twin Peaks, well, here's how bad the actual stuff that Twin Peaks is about. Like, the, the main mystery. I'm going to show you how much it actually fucking sucks. Like, I, I, I do get a bit of, a, like, intentionally being like, um, oh, you want, to, you want a resolution? I'm going to give it to you in, like, one half line. And then for the rest of it make you look mm-hmm. at how horrible the actual stuff is that I actually want to talk about mm. that, that I wanted to talk about in Twin Peaks like I, I do get a bit of that feeling from I mean, it. For- um, I don't know how much of it David Lynch does on purpose uh, but it, it it is I don't know it is interesting about how uh, it, it is interesting how he keeps talking like for, for decades after this he was talking about how well the reviews for ba- were bad for this but it felt like I was doing something something really special with this one. And then for the return, of course, he said, oh, Fireworks With Me is a key piece. I'm going to return to a lot of what I did with that one because it mm. felt like some of the most, yeah. some of the best things I have ever done. I think, I think it's interesting mm. that for that to come out of the fun soap opera TV show Twin Peaks. Like it's, yeah. it's so rare that you get something like this, right? Well, like, and- a movie spun out of uh, of a TV show that is that different in tone while still, mm. you know, deliberately yeah. being like centering around a key bit of mythology or like adding to the mythology. Mm. It's skipping genres, but it's, if anything, sort of even more yeah. true to the main core of Twin Peaks than a yeah. lot of Twin Peaks. Yeah, exactly. There's like, you know, like series that come back or they do like films of series, they tend to be, I mean, that there are like, you know, some good ones, but they tend to be pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm. you know, uh, we want Arrested Development season four or uh-huh. five. We want Veronica Mars season four. You know, it's like, we're going to try and recapture what people liked about the original one and then just try it. I guess it's because it's like, I mean, maybe it's just the writers are bad or whatever, but it's like, you know, when you're trying to pander to the original audience, um, it, it tends to be bad when you're like trying to do it specifically about what mm. they're expecting and trying to make something that you think they'll enjoy. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously this wasn't that long after the series, so it's not quite the same. But like with season three especially, it's not going, I'm going to try and do the same as the original Twin Peaks because that's what people want. It's going, I have what I think would be interesting to explore and I'm going to yeah. do that. From day yeah, one, yeah. David Lynch is not given one fuck about... An audience that is going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what he said about a razor head. Yeah. Is that, that's like, why he doesn't do mainstream. I didn't really think about anymore. if yeah. anyone was going to watch this movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he literally said, "I'm going to think more about." I, that, that's interesting. He was like, "That's interesting that you mentioned the audience because I wasn't thinking about." It, but now that you mention it, I, maybe for my next movie, I will be thinking about. The audience. <laughs> Such a Chad move. Well, that's so funny because when he did like a, you know, when he did, when he did like Elephant Man, that was like for more mainstream yeah. audiences. And then when he did like Dune, that was supposed to be for more mainstream audiences, and it was so awful. Like he was like, I'm never doing like a mainstream big <laughs> studio movie again. Yeah. Um, but and it's not like it ended up being a bad movie. It, it's just that well, Dune is a great movie, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, it, it is an interesting contrast to uh, Dune, though, because, like, the, those are the two, like, I think I mentioned this in the Dune episode also, that he said, well, mm. in Dune, I did a lot of things wrong and the reviews were bad. So that felt, that really hurt because, like, I knew mm. that I did, that, that I fucked up with a lot of these things. And in this one, he, like, has full control. And it wasn't received as he wanted, but... You know, I think people have come around to it at least. Whereas with Dune, yeah, it like, feels like it's been vindicated. Yeah. Whereas with Dune, like the people who like it are still gonna be like, "Well, it's bad, but I like it." Yeah, yeah. He's all about the idea. Mm. He gets the, you know, he has yeah. the vision or the idea, yeah. and then uh, he has to stay true to that. And it is like to to compare it with Dune on another level. Like it is both like because Twin Peaks, the TV show, was a big hit, so. You know, he was still, like, building off of that um, and then made this, like, really difficult movie. Uh, whereas yeah. with Dune, he, like, adapted a popular book uh, with a big budget and a studio uh, and, like, in, in the studio process or whatever, and it just, like, didn't deliver because he didn't, like, manage to either capture that, what an audience would have wanted, or make something that's valuable to himself. Yeah, and he, you know, he to really, like, go into what he wanted to go into, he had to have, like, you know, 18 episodes of a yeah. TV series to, like, really do a sequel. Yeah. I, I, I want to just, like, very quickly, you know, you spoil the end of season three, just because I want to make a comment yes, about please. it so you can, like, skip a minute Ooh, or whatever. It's just, Ooh. this really goes to show, like, the absolute cruelty of Coop thinking that what Laura needs is to be taken back to the house where she was so miserable mm. at the end. Yeah. You yeah. know? Huh. Shit. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't considered that because, like, yeah, but now rewatching this and thinking about the ending of the return, huh? Makes you think. <laughs> makes you think. He's really like, you know, she was free and there were angels and she was laughing, but I've I've fixed it and now she's back here and she's in the in the bad house again. I guess I guess Coop didn't watch Firewalk with me while he was in the Black Lodge. <laughs> he really yeah. didn't. He just well, fucks up and constantly. I think... um... He just has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the sort of the whole don't take the ring thing up with that that's what that was to me. It was just him sort of like yeah, not understanding not really this understanding. this entity. But just instinctively fearing it and just being like, okay, well, obviously don't, you know, yeah. don't touch that. And like, I think even yeah. further, going back to just like uh, how harsh Firewalk with me is, like, we have this movie that, or we have a show that is a mystery, right? Like, it's a, it's yeah. a mystery show, yeah. and so explaining it prematurely is just a total. Uh, it just it ruins it kind of so fire walk with me as an attempt to say okay you want you want to know what happened okay this is what happened in the most excruciating detail possible mm. yeah and then yeah cooper in season three going back and preventing it going so far as to explain the mystery as to prevent it from even happening mm. mm-hmm. that level of of closure mm. i think yeah. that's something yeah. lynch is playing with yeah 
And it is, this movie is like even out, outside of the context of like what season three does later on, but like just on its own or like after having watched the show, it is like an interesting approach to have a movie that's, because we talk a lot about like in, we as a society have been talking about the merits of prequels since George Lucas did um, (laughs) (laughs) The Phantom Menace in that it is there is something very unsatisfying about watching a prequel because you know exactly how it's gonna end and like yeah I hate prequels yeah and if you watch the Star Wars prequels it is especially excruciating because you know it's gonna end on the note of this guy becoming the bad guy uh and it really fails at like I think prequels are bad. I'm gonna say it. Very Star brave. Wars prequels. Uh, I know it's a very Ooh, brave take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I really think it fucking sucks to uh, to have these movies. Like there's such a tonal failure in those movies and how uh, mm. you know exactly um, that it's gonna end on this down note, but it's still like trying to make jokes and it's like trying to be a fun space adventure and have a Jar Jar Binks there <laughs> doing a bad attempt at Looney Tunes comedy. But with, with, and in this one, but this one does like exactly the, the, like does the rare feat of being a good prequel because you know exactly where it's going to end, and the movie knows that you know exactly right. Like mm. at no point yeah, does yeah, it yeah. pretend to uh, act in a way where you wouldn't know where it's going to end. So it just really makes you like sit in your misery of knowing the ending. Yeah. Basically. Your knowledge of the ending is present in your mind the whole way yeah. through. You can't escape. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking and about it, that the whole it's way through. It's that sort of sickeningly like beautiful moment uh, when Laura and Leland are in the car together after in the, uh, yeah. in like the, the garage auto shop. And it's like, yeah, he knows and she knows and but they can't say anything about it and it's just going to play yep. out and it's mm. horrifying. Yeah, that's that's the other scene that yeah. really like st- sticks with me forever. The, the scene where they're in the car, like so, once again, such a perfect scene in uh, in in tone and in like the rising tensions, like just just the situation of being trapped in a car <laughs> on the road yeah. like in a mm. high mm. traffic uh with your abuser who is also your dad yeah and then he's having a breakdown like it's harrowing harrowing stuff yeah Ugh. yeah yeah i did think the bit where they um they brought in Jar Jar Binks was a bit out of the ordinary. I I keep thinking about how David Lynch was offered the job to direct uh, <laughs> yeah. Return, Return of the Jedi. The Jedi. Oh, what a world. Should have given yeah, him episode yeah. nine. I think he could have pulled it all together. Oh, no. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> And if he hadn't, if he hadn't sworn after Dune that he'll never gonna is never gonna make a big sci-fi movie again, big... I would laugh mm. him to take a crack at uh, at space sci-fi again. Maybe that's what Wisteria will <laughs> I think be. Think it would be good. 
Oh, maybe. I hope maybe. it's completely normal. Fingers Honestly, crossed. I hope it's <laughs> <laughs> just. That's the new. That's the new thing. His rumor to do, yeah, right? The new. He's going to do a Netflix series. Mm. Is there any confirmation on that? Because I don't think I'm going to believe it until it's actually out. That's fair. Uh, considering his track record, that is completely a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> considering how his main thing is not doing weather reports on YouTube. so Apparently he kind of hates doing those, but yeah. he keeps doing it anyway because so many people in the comments are so supportive. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. God, you're so funny. Did we talk about that on the podcast or just in, just in private, where he was m- gonna make a big announcement? Uh, I think we talked about it. <laughs> it was just this: he wants to retire the weather report, <laughs> but then he didn't. <laughs> God. Ah. Uh, anyway, is there anything else about this movie? I'm mm. trying to remember if there's anything we didn't talk about that needs further exploration like i I mean the the whole abuse stuff and rape stuff it's you know really bad i don't think we need to elaborate on that anymore Mm. it's it's tough and more explicit than i remember Mm -hmm. it was really a lot to deal with yeah Yeah, like if if you don't watch along or or if you like haven't watched it before listening to this huge content warnings for this movie like (laughs) even more than usual for David Lynch yeah um there's a I I just Mm. wanted to talk about like I I remember this like halfway through that the other thing about James is in that him being in this movie is that there's like because the first scene the, the turkey scene okay that's yeah. one thing, Probably. and then and then he comes back later in the movie, and he just really wants Laura to say um, to say I love mm. you. I know you love me. <laughs> God, and, I know you love me, Laura. I love you, James. And that's that's yeah. that's just such a good like moment of um, of David Lynch showing that he perfectly understands James yeah. and what he is. James, yeah, this guy. <laughs> He works in that scene, which just, you know... Yeah, yeah. It's very unusual for Yeah, you. exactly. Like, it's it's just... He's just this guy who who really has this romantic idea of what... Of who Laura is and where they are. Mm. And he just doesn't know her. He has... This guy doesn't know who Laura is. Yeah. Like, on a fundamental level. Doesn't understand this other person. And still thinks that she loves him. Yeah. Well, she says this a lot, I think, about, like, people not really knowing her like yeah. says Donna doesn't know her uh, but I think it's not necessarily true like I think that they don't know some of the things that have happened yeah. to her and the way she acts because of that but like they do know her on a level she just doesn't believe she's that person anymore whereas I think you know that she is she just can't be in order to like continue surviving yeah. I guess I think, no, I think Donna, at least the version of Donna that is in this movie, uh, mm. Donna knows her. Like, she she knows mm. she's in pain. Uh, and, like, she has yeah. it really bad. And she tries to help and doesn't work. Because, like, her approach is that she's gonna share her pain. Um, yeah. And it's just not what 
not what Laura needed because she also wants to protect everyone else to not have not have it as bad as her yeah classic uh self-destructive behavior of like believing nobody can help uh nobody can save you yeah 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 no one understands no one can understand and so no one can help damn mm. what a great note to end this damn. podcast uh. <laughs> <laughs> this has definitely been the like, the, the, the yeah. saddest podcast this off. <laughs> Do you remember in Wild at Heart where like Nicholas Cage when... killed the guy? Uh, <laughs> this is Christ. maybe the most sobering uh episode on the entire uh good episode productions yeah. library. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. But, I mean having said that upon rewatch this this might this might be my favorite david lynch film now yeah having watched it again this is so good yeah 100 mm. percent. i, I think yeah. it's the best one out of the ones we've watched so far mm. yeah um like in ways that makes yeah. it very and hard to talk to... about it but it is uh, yeah it is just on yeah, and I, I do think it is a turning point and i think his movies will be like yeah mm-hmm. from here on out like absolutely mm. i think what's next is it Mulholland Drive it's lost next? highway or is it Lost oh, Highway, then Straight Story, and then Mulholland Drive. Oh shit! Okay, nice. I've never seen. I've never seen it. Oh, so. you're gonna love it. I love I'm Lost excited. Highway. Yeah, this is exciting. Oh. Am I the only one who's seen Lost Highway? Highway. Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah, yeah. It's. I'm so excited for all of you <laughs> to see it. Um. Okay. Yeah, he did make <laughs> On the Air and Hotel Room between between yeah. this uh, On the Air. Still haven't found it. Hotel Room. Is on YouTube, but I think it's better if we do Lost Highway next, um, and then after we've done like I think I think it's good if we focus on the major things he's done, and then after we yeah I'm happy with that yeah after yeah. we're done with uh, with the return we can still like do stuff about his shorts or his um, or like mm. hotel room I, I think hotel room can could work like in the context of also discussing his shorts um, if we do those rabbits yep. oh rabbits yeah. You ever think about how Mark Frost and David Lynch made Twin Peaks because they were going to do a biopic about Marilyn Monroe? And oh, then yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I did oh, not yeah, know that. It, it, got, just, it got too into the Kennedys thing and it lost the focus on Marilyn. Yeah, they, they're just too, obs- <laughs> too obsessed with the Kennedys. <laughs> So you know, you know, in that in the line in one of the first episodes, where, yeah, um, who really pulled the trigger on JFK? Like, who really pulled God. the trigger? Yeah, God, it's because they're both obsessed with that. I was making, um, I was, uh, I was working on God. a collage, and I got a National Enquirer from November 2020, mm. and the cover story was, uh, "Who really okay. pulled the trigger on JFK?" Because nothing else more interesting was happening in November 2020, right? Hmm. Yeah, I can't think yeah. of anything. I mean, that's how that that's how uh, Bob Dylan felt when, like, in in the middle of the pandemic, <laughs> released this like 20 minute song about who killed JFK. Uh, more power to one. Yeah. Just just looking over IMDb, and apparently the German title of this movie is. Twin Peaks, their film, the Let's Dance Even Tag and Blame and Delora Porn, which means Twin Peaks, the movie, Colin, the last seven days in the life of Laura Palmer. <laughs> so they really, they were yeah. really trying mm. to avoid like all confusion about this. <laughs> yeah. 
don't come in expecting a sequel. This is about the last seven days of Laura Palmer. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do not uh, do not put it in the newspaper that it is not a sequel. <laughs> yeah, the last fire looks cool. I'm excited for this actually. Yeah, it's one of those ones that I I just have no information on whatsoever. I've not got any preconceived ideas of what could be in it. Got that Trent Reznor. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. it has it has Nine Inch Nail and Rammstein songs. Badass! Oh wow, the nice. Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, the Nine Inch the Nails. Nine Henry Rollins is in it. Ooh. Oh. Uh, I'm I'm hyped. Okay. Um. I think that's everything, more or less. I mean, there's probably more to say about this, but I can't think yeah. of anything. So oh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to yeah. say anything. Um, yeah, so this has been our episode about Firewalk with me. We are Lynchpin, as you know. Basically, you are listening to this right now. Um, <laughs> next week, next month, we will be watching Lost Highway, um, which is exciting. Um, and until then, um, whatever we say to close the episode. <laughs> uh Firewalk for that, I guess. Yeah, yeah that works. <laughs> Firewalk these okay. nuts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got it. Alright, see you next week, next month. Uh, yeah. I know I can say Cathedral style They say They say They say He has no brain They say He has no room They say He was born again They say Look at him climb They say Jump Say, John.